0: Well, praise God. The Lord is good. And uh, our prayer is that God would bless you absolutely incredibly. Um, We're going to deviate a little bit from Proverbs tonight. Um, It's really following the theme that uh, we've been in in the last two Sundays about the blessed life and um, using. what test the first week of Robert Morris and last week me sharing and then going to um, three levels of giving that um, we can give the tithe offerings and extravagant giving. But last week in chapter six of Proverbs, we were talking about don't be a co-signer for anyone uh, if you have do everything you can to get out of it and what. Uh, Solomon said to the person who ends up co-signing don't 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 over and over through the book of Proverbs dealing of course with finances unless uh, it's a family member and uh, you have um, no problem paying the debt uh, Won't cause any rift at all paying the debt if they uh, don't follow through and of course, that's bad stewardship on their part if they don't. So uh, the admonition is don't do it from the uh, writings of Solomon himself. And then talking about our work ethic and how we work and how that translates into um, our life and how it impacts us. So in just a moment, I'm going to give us a couple of things to pray for. But um, I came across these things and... Um, Just a couple of things I wanted to start out. Uh, Normally, I don't do this on Wednesday night, but um, here's some brain teasers, and um, maybe you can listen and see if you get the right answer, all right? Johnny's mother had three children. The first child was named April. The second child was named May. What was the third child's name? Course. How many of you had no clue who, who the third child was, all right? So, I know you. there were some of you there, but some of you just too smart for your own good. All right, so, all right. How much dirt is there in a hole that measures two feet by three feet by four feet? We got a smart bunch here at uh, this church. None, you don't have any dirt in a hole. All right, so anyway. All right, these are so easy. I almost got a couple of them today. All right, so if you were running a race and you passed the person in second place, what place would you be in now? Third place. (laughs) Um, How many of you think you'd be in first place? Uh, you would be wrong. And so, if you pass the person in second place, then you would be second. All right, so anyway. And then, which is correct to say, the yolk of the egg are white or the yolk of the egg is white? Is? Yes, neither one of them. The yolk is yellow. All right, what's your problem? All right, so anyway. Good gracious. All right. <laughs> I like this. Um, being a pastor, I guess. Um, two men crashed in their pri- private plane in the South Pacific Island. Both survived. One of the men brushed himself off and then proceeded to run all over the island to see if there was any chance of survival. When he returned, he rushed up to the other man and screamed, this island is uninhabited. There's no food. There's no water. We're going to die. The other man leaned back against uh, the futilage futilage of the wrecked plane, folded his arms and responded, no, we're not. I make over $100,000 a week. The first man grabbed his friend and shook him. Listen, we're on an uninhabited island. There is no food, no water. We're going to die. The other man, unruffled again, repeated, No, I make over $100,000 a week. Mystified, the first man, taken back with an answer, again repeated for the last time. I'm telling you, we are doomed. There's no one else on this island. There's no food. There's no water. Still, the man said, he looked at the other man, and he said, Don't make me say this again. I make over 100000 a week. I tithe 10 percent. My pastor will find me. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. All right, so sure. one more. We're going to get into the word. All right, um, shocking generosity. This is called. The story goes that Robert Smith was taking his afternoon walk as part of his therapy recovering from a massive heart attack Dolores his wife received a call from the Reader's Digest Association informing her they had just won two million dollars or Robert her husband had but then she remembered her husband was just getting over his massive heart attack and the doctor said no excitement no excitement at all She didn't know what to do. She wanted to tell him, but how was she to tell him? So she called her pastor. Hello, pastor, this is Dolores. The pastor said, how are you and how's Robert? We're fine, but I need your help. Pastor said, sure, I'll come right over. He comes over and she informs him that Robert had just won $2 million. That's great, said the pastor, but what's the problem? Well, I'm afraid that if I tell Robert, He'll get excited and either have a heart attack and drop dead. Can you help me? Well, Dolores, I think I can hold on. I'll be right back or right over. So in about an hour, he got there, and Robert got back from his walk, and and the pastor said, Robert, I need to ask you a question. He said, I got a problem. He said, sure, pastor, if I can help. The pastor took a deep breath and goes on. It's a rhetorical question regarding Christian stewardship. What would a person like, for you, instance, you do if all of a sudden you found out you had won $2 million? What would you do with all that money? That's easy, Robert said. I'd start by giving $1 million to the church, whereupon the pastor had a heart attack and dropped dead. All right, so <laughs> anyway. Uh, how do I go from that to it? All right, so anyway. Um, let me give you a scripture, it's out of Proverbs. Proverbs, we're, we're gonna talk about financial freedom tonight. We've been talking about tithing and giving in the last two weeks. Um, and uh, before, right before Christmas or a couple of weeks before Christmas, we talked about sales resistance and what the scripture says in those, along those line, lines. But tonight we're gonna talk about financial freedom. Because after all, that's what we want our people to have, is financial freedom in your life. And maybe you are free. Maybe you're doing really well, managing, being a good steward of all that God has given you. But maybe this is a reminder to you to go talk to someone else to help them experience financial freedom in their own lives. Let me give you the scripture, Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is subject, or servant, to the lender. I want us to go to the Lord in prayer, and I want us to lift up Um, Jessie. She is someone that last year, toward the first of the year, we prayed for on a regular basis. John and Connie Matthews, who've been in this church and um, involved in this church. Connie's been in the music program probably 25 plus years. Uh, Their youngest daughter, Jessie, passed away Monday. And um, she was in the hospital in early 2017 and 18, five straight months, mostly in intensive care. Um, God raised her up, brought her out, has given her all this time. She stood here and uh, gave testimony or stood before the God encounter, ladies God encounter, and gave testimony. But Monday, um, she went to sleep in the presence of the Lord and woke up in the presence of the Lord. But um, of course, they're devastated, and um, the services are this coming Saturday. There's several people in our church that have experienced death recently, and um, That's always a tough, tough thing to deal with and extenuating circumstances. I want you to pray with me also. There's a man in our church. Uh, I love him dearly. I'll just give you his first name, James. James has got some pretty serious physical problems. Um, And the other evening, um, he was driving home and the road was dark and um, a lady or a young lady Apparently stepped out in front of him, and, and um, she didn't make it. And so, you can imagine, um, after going, or going through a lot of physical issues, and then something like this happening to you. So, we're going to pray for James. Um, and then, there's Chuck. Chuck first came to this church years ago. Um, Chuck, at that time, I think was homeless. And he started attending, um, kept on attending, is still attending after some 10 years or so. uh, Got his own place, had his own place for some time. Loves God, witnesses to everybody, his own dialysis. And he emailed or texts yesterday, said, Pastor, I've been in the hospital a lot lately. I'm really suffering, um, you know, and, and just thinking, I just want to go on to be with Jesus. And, um, I'm trying to encourage him. And then he sent a picture of a, one of these old Volkswagen bugs. He said, I'd love to drive one of these before I go to heaven. So let me just throw this in. If you got an old bug, all right, and you don't mind potentially Chuck driving around this circle here, all right, um, uh, then let me know because I would love to see that dream fulfilled in his life. All right. So let's go to the Lord. Father, we have so many things on our hearts. Lord God Almighty, tonight I lift up Connie and Johnny Matthews and Ashley, their daughter, Leanne, their daughter, God, the whole family. I pray, God, that you would touch them all and pour in your peace and your comfort as only you can, minister to their lives in the next few days and weeks, and months, years, if you tarry, God be with him. Lord, I lift up James to you, and I ask you for a miracle in his body, and I ask you for a miracle in his emotions and his mind as a result of this accident, this person's loss of life. I pray, oh God, that you would be with him tonight. God, may the Spirit of the Lord move upon him right now. In Jesus' name, my Lord and my God, touch him, Father God. And Lord, for Chuck, I pray, God, that you administer to his life. God, he's, he's been such an incredible testimony to so many people. Lord, I give you thanks for his life. I pray your blessing on him. God, I pray that only at your time, Lord, that he would enter into your presence. God, strengthen him tonight. Be with him, O oh Lord God, I pray. And Lord, touch every person in this building. Minister to their hearts and their lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Um, this past week, we talked to you, maybe the last couple of weeks, about uh, getting a will uh, done, taken care of. And I heard someone say, well, my spouse doesn't want to do it because if they make out a will, it's almost like a, you know, saying I'm going to die. Well, they are going to die, all right? Uh, one day, but uh, most likely no time soon whatsoever. All of us are going to die. And so we have provided for you a will that you can fill out, send into our headquarters. They'll do it for free. The catch is you have to leave 10% to the Lord's work. And so that's not really a catch, for heaven's sakes. Uh, It's not a catch. It's biblical, and it's something Alice and I are going to, of course, do. And uh, I trust that you will too. Um, Just recently, we received a large amount of money. Uh, for mostly mission or missions, not mostly, but for missions uh, from someone's estate that they left the church, and so I encourage you: pick up a will. Just this week, I heard of someone who passed away that did not have a will and all the legal entanglements that come with it. And for those of you who have children, do you want the court to decide who takes care of your children? I don't think so, all right? They may make a good decision, but they may give your kids to your sister and brother-in-law. God forbid, all right? So you don't want them to have them. So make sure you assign who you do want to have them. Pick up one of those wills, or you can go online. I think it's already uploaded. You can download it and take care of it. So this can maybe even be a stopgap. Maybe later you want to hire somebody, um, a lawyer locally, to fill it out. But this can be a stopgap until that is taken place, or you do that. So. Please take care of this. I plead with you to do so. All right, Proverbs 22:7. 7, the borrower is servant to the lender. Solomon, uh, I don't think Solomon had to borrow any money. He was a very, very wealthy king But what he said by the wisdom of God, and this word right here is because the deposit of wisdom from God was put in his life. So as we read through the book of Proverbs, it is the deposit of the wisdom of God being written out for you and I to read, comprehend, and obey, and gain from in our life. Well, the lender does have some control over our life. Uh, if we do not pay our car payment, the borrower has the control to come get it. I I, I used to really like that one of those shows where those people repossess cars, and uh, I felt bad for the people. But it was always, they made it funny. And so, anyway, they'd back up, hook up that car. Somebody'd come out running, screaming, jumping on top of the car, and just going crazy. And and, uh, I'm ashamed of myself for liking that. Anyway, I mean, now that I look back, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. Anyway, uh, how many of you like that show? All right. Nobody will admit it. All right. Just a few of you. All right. Uh, You uh, you should be ashamed of yourself, too. Anyway, all right. The degree of bondage that a person experiences when they have borrowed money depends on the amount of debt and the relationship of the debt you have to income. In other words, debt to income ratio. So debt does limit our freedom. Uh, it limits our freedom. We can uh, look back. I, I can still remember my dad. Even though we didn't have much money growing up, I don't know why he did this, but he went out and bought a piano for our family, and we had. I had four sisters, and I guess he thought they would play. And uh, I don't remember how long we had it. I was small, and I can still remember the truck. Coming up the road, loading the piano in the truck and driving off with our piano. All right? They repossessed our piano. They have the ability to do that when we don't make the payments. So debt limits our freedom. And so, if we don't pay the bills, they come and repossess what we have and or what we have borrowed for. So, make sure that before you go out and buy something, you have more than the means to take care of that indebtedness. And let me just say, do everything you can Please do everything you can. I want you to live in freedom. I, want, I do not want you to live under crushing debt um, where you can't do things that borrower has control over your life. Maybe you've said, I'd love to go on a vacation, but we can't what? Afford it. How many times have we said, I'd love to do this, or I'd love to buy that, but I can't afford it. And what we're saying is either... Our income is not presently sufficient, or we are saying we've gone out and gone into too much debt, and so we cannot cover it. Um, there are people that don't seem to uh, let debt bother them as much as others. Um, many years ago, and um, they know no longer they were a part of our school. They came in to see me, and they said to me, "Yes." Uh, We just want you to know we owe the school. um, We can't pay it right now, and so we're just hoping that you guys will, you know, either put it off or write it off, and I felt sorry for them. And and, um, and so anyway, I, I was sympathetic to their plight. And then at the end of the conversation, they're getting ready to leave. And they say to me, uh, they got all excited, and uh, they said, "Yeah, we're we're going on. We're about to leave. We're leaving today to go on vacation." And I'm like, I didn't say anything to them, but what I wanted to say was, "Oh, stop." Stop. You mean to tell me you just drug my emotions through uh, the mire of feeling sorry for you because you're in such financial plight, and now you're telling me you're going to go on vacation with our money? So they were taking what rightfully belonged to the school, and they were just going to go and have a good time. Well, all I could say was have a good time. So anyway, all right, minimize. Minimize, minimize, minimize the amounts we borrow and make our sentence of bondage as brief as. Possible. All right. So, please, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you, all right? Uh, maybe you got this down pat. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're looking to buy a house, and uh, you're, you're looking at a house that is going to take 45% of your income. I've got an answer for you. Don't buy the house, all right, unless you know your income is about to take a dramatic increase. Don't buy it. Uh, I should have checked with Pastor um, Ben before, but uh, years ago, I believe, they said, only spend 25% of your income on a house. I know that's gone up some, I don't know what it is, but I would, if I were you, I'd try not to go much more over that so that you're not gonna come under this bondage and burden and I wish I could take a vacation, I wish I could do that, but I can't because of my house payment. All right, we only wanna go into debt for things that are assets. There may be one exception, and a house is an asset. There may be one exception, that's a car, but then lower. Make sure that you don't uh, go out and buy a car. This is going to cost you more than you can spend in a month. All right, prioritize getting out of debt which will mean cutting back in certain areas. I, I believe I'm speaking to somebody here. Prioritize. Get out of debt. Uh, you should probably uh, listen to Dave Ramsey, all right? Five 40, I think it is, every afternoon at 3 o'clock. It's fascinating what you'll hear the people calling in. But he just goes for the juggler, tells it like it is. So uh, anyway, get out of debt. That means financial freedom. Pay your house off early if you can. Uh, Think about it. We buy a house. It's for 30 years. We're going to pay. And if that house cost 100000 which there is no such thing in Orlando anymore, but if it costs 100000 in 30 years, we will probably have paid what? 270000 something like that. I don't know, but a whole lot more money in 30 years. So pay it down. If you can pay more, put more down on that house. Pay it down as quickly as possible. And then... Uh, Start setting aside money for your retirement. Please, first of all, let me say this. Some of you are way behind. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad. Just start now, all right? I know there are not many 20-year-olds in here, but if you're a 20-year-old, Take heed to what I'm about to tell you. And uh, if you need further clarification, Pastor Ben, you can see him after the service. Well, not tonight because we got the fellowship with the new members, all right? But uh, some other time. All right. Get it started. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. Which one will have the most money at retirement? At 65 years of age, or whatever, let's just use 65. If they retired then, which one will have the most money? A student or a young person who is 22 years old puts in 300 a month for six years and stops. 22-year-old puts in for six years, 300 a month, and then stops. They got, they had babies, and life changed, never put in another dime. How much money will they have at 65? Will they have less than the person who starts at 31, puts in 300 a month? Assuming there's a 10% return, and I know that's high. 31, 300 a month for 34 years. At 65, which one will have the most money? How many of you think it's number two? Yes, there are some of you how many of you think it's the guy or person that put in six years and stopped? How many of you are asleep right now? <laughs> How many of you don't care which one of them got the most? All right, some of you are raising your hand. It's a little warm here. Turn the air on. Bring it down to about 50 degrees, all right? Wake these people up. All right, so, and the answer is, and the answer is, they will both have about the same amount of money. Both of them will have the same about, approximately the same amount of money. The one for six years put in 21,600 dollars. It is the miracle of compounding interest. The other one put in a whole lot more than that, but they end up with the same amount of money. Well. Don't. Let me just say, if you've got retirement, please, 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 please. And someone recently came to me and said, I did this. Don't do it. Do not take your money out of retirement. If you've got it in a retirement plan, don't take it out to buy a house. Don't take it out to uh, pay for the wedding for your daughter. Tell her to elope. I'm kidding. Anyway, and do uh, not, do not, do not, do not, do not, do not take it out. All right? For heaven's sakes. And if you need a reason, see Pastor Ben. All right, so, but not tonight. All right, retirement results are based on how much you invest, what return you get, how many years you've invested. Now, uh, I'm going to use, I'm going to step down here, um, some wonderful uh, Person allowed me to borrow and I'm in the dark aren't I guys I should have told you media guys but turn the lights up and you'll see me all right here is a penny so um, Travis do you want this penny now I'm going to ask you a question Travis Alexa I'm going to ask you he doesn't need any money all right so answer really fast if okay which one would you choose if I give you this penny and double it for 31 days, or I reach in my pocket and give you $100,000, which one would you take? Quickly, the answer. $100,000. If I had $100,000, right? You would take the $100,000, and you would miss out on $10,600,000. That's amazing, isn't it? Did you hear that? How many of you don't care? All right, so anyway, thank you, sweetheart. You can have your penny back. And I'm fascinated by that. I'm, no, you're not. The second day, she's going to have what? Two pennies. And 30 and 29 days later, she's going to have 10 million seven. $100,000, Hundred thousand dollars, just equate that. I have no idea why I did that. Anyway, I just liked it. All right. So anyway, to just think about it in the in the context of compounding type interest. Albert Einstein said concerning compounding interest: "He who understands it earns it. He who doesn't pays it. He who understands compounding." interest earns it. He who doesn't understand it pays it. Well, we've all paid it, I'm sure, to some degree or another. But change our thinking. If you're at that place, uh, change your thinking and realize, hey, I'm going to start retirement. If the car you're looking to buy costs $350, Buy something less for $250. Take the $100 a month and put it in retirement. Say amen, all right? This is spiritual stuff, and you're going to thank me when you turn 65 or 70 or whatever you decide to uh, retire. Okay, Luke chapter 16, verse 11. Luke 16, verse 11. And uh, uh, let me back up, all right? Guys, go to the notes right before that, all right? Maybe a bigger challenge than even tithing. And giving is how we manage. Maybe this is the bigger challenge. How we manage the remaining 90%. It's a challenge to tithe for many people. I understand that. But maybe managing the other 90% is even a bigger challenge. Luke chapter 16 verse 11 says, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, Who will commit to your trust the true riches? Wow. Folks, you know what I believe is one of the main contributing factors for uh, a loss of freedom in people in America as far as finances are concerned? It is, and I don't have my bill full, uh, but it is what? Credit cards. Credit cards. It is so easy. I mean, you don't even feel it. You take out that piece of plastic. It's almost fun. And, uh, or you stick it in there, and it's like, wow, this thing. I get a, it, it approved it. All right, a, a miracle. And so, it's kind of exciting sticking it in there uh, and, and doing that. Uh, about five or six years ago, I, I start, maybe even longer, uh, I started hearing about all of you people ordering things on Amazon. And it was such an alien, when I first heard it, it was such an alien thought of ordering stuff. No, you, you know, you can't see it. I want to see it and, and, uh, and know what I'm buying before I go and buy it or get it and uh, have to return it. I hate to return stuff. That's so aggravating. And uh, one time I ordered a pair of shoes off of Facebook. They were gorgeous. They were so beautiful. And uh, I mean, just stylish. And they were only like $26. How could I turn it down? It was, I, it was I'm frugal, what can I say? And uh, so I bought them. And I was excited about finally getting them and I got them in the mail and I looked at them and I'm like, a piece of garbage. They were flimsy looking. I don't even know if I put them on. I I didn't I brought them down here and put them in the bin for used clothes. Uh, I gave them away. Brand, somebody got a brand new pair of shoes. Uh, and uh, but something happened. Something happened. I've, I know what it was. Alice was at a store. She had to get something. And the only place we knew to get it was this certain store. I was okay with that. And we had ordered a couple of things off of Amazon at the time. And she had gone in the store, and I thought, I'm going to check. And I checked Amazon. And lo and behold, dear Lord, she was about to spend $40. And it was like $18.99. And when she got back, I'm like, Alice, look at this. We're never coming back here again. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you. That store is closing. Anyway, and so... Uh, I kept thinking last night, I was talking to her, and I said, There's, uh, Crystal is closing, and the other store, I could not think of it. I couldn't think, Lucky's, Lucky's is closing. So anyway, uh, I'm. what can I say? They were charging me $40 a pair, you know, for something, and it was only $19 on Amazon, and I got hooked. And then we, I started ordering, and Christmas I ordered, and then it's almost like, So exciting to hear them honk the horn and bring up a package and lay it at your door. And even sometimes send you a picture on email. And it's exciting. And it almost makes you just want to. And I don't know how it happened, but I've ended up with three cases of organic blueberry oatmeal. And so um, I'm like, this could get out of hand. So, it's almost like addictive. And so, uh, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody because I am frugal. I am cheap. All right, so anyway, but how did I end up with three cases of organic blueberry oatmeal? If you want some, I'm willing to sell it to you for a good price. All right. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 and 32. Therefore... Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. When it comes to spending, one thing I think we all are doing is we are sometimes leaving out God's capacity and ability to provide things in ways that... Are we would say miraculous, a God thing, instead of just taking it upon ourselves, and uh, and handling it. In other words, God loves to bless us and give to us. Let's don't shortchange Him by, you know, just staying on Amazon and getting taking care of our every need through credit cards or Amazon, especially. And then when it comes under crushing debt first Timothy chapter 6 verse 8 this is repeated and having food and clothing with these we shall be content now uh, you know I'm not I mean there's a balance here but there is a principle here that every one of us should look at and say wow God how does this apply to my life? How does it apply to my life? Uh, let me go, guys, go to Proverbs chapter 28, verse 22. Proverbs 28, 22. Um, I'm changing gears slightly, but uh, as we wrap it up, Proverbs 28, 22. A man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. So, Managing money, what happens sometimes is we don't manage correctly, we go into debt that we cannot handle, it takes our freedom, our joy, our peace away if we're not careful and repent and start letting God help us get out from under that, and so then what happens under that heaviness, if we're not careful, we start hoping, hey, well, you know, maybe I should play the lottery, or 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 maybe I will sign up for Reader's Digest. Um, uh, I used, I did it years and years and years ago. I actually signed up a couple times, but anyway, um, and you you start looking for an answer over here instead of here, and so that becomes a problem, and all of us are subject to that same movement, when we're over here, we don't experience freedom, we're under this indebtedness, we, we didn't manage properly, uh, we, we you know, emailed Amazon or t- too much, or we just bought too big a house, or too big a car, or expensive of a car, and whatever else. Or maybe did go on the vacations, even though we couldn't afford it, and now we're looking for an out. Now, we're looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And here is what, again, Solomon says, a man with an evil eye hastens after riches. We start turning away our eye from God, turning it toward. We think the answer is money. And does not consider that poverty will come upon us. Ten dangers. Of coveting riches quickly. Uh, You're not going to believe how fast I'm going to go through these. All right, hang on. Number one, many temptations of the devil. 1 Timothy 6, here's dangers of coveting riches. Many temptations. Number one, 1 Timothy chapter 6, 9, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation by who? The devil. Number two, They fall into many snares of the devil, 1 Timothy 6, 9. And not only fall into temptation, but a snare of the enemy because we yield to the temptation. Number three, many foolish lusts, 1 Timothy 6, 9. And into many foolish lusts. Number four, uh, is that the same thing? Many harmful, oh, foolish lust, harmful lust, I'm sorry. Many harmful lusts and the same. And harmful lust. 1 Timothy 6, 9. Destruction and perdition. A state of eternal punishment, perdition. 1 Timothy 6, 9. And drown men. If a person continues to pursue riches and does not pursue God and their focus just ends up on riches, this is the answer to life. They end up. Moving away from God into a perditious state and they drowned in destruction, 1 Timothy 6 9, and perdition. Number six, money is a root of all kinds of what? Didn't say money is evil, it says money or the love, not money, but the love of money. The love of money. Not money, but the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Uh, this causes a straying of faith. It causes many sorrows. Let me read First Timothy six ten: For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith. Some have turned their back on God. In their greediness, and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. while, wow. For the love of money, the love of money, my Lord and my God. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Money is not our answer, folks. God will always be our answer in every and all situation. It doesn't matter what you've, you know, you've gotten yourself into. God is the answer. God is the answer. God is the answer. God will make a way. Not money, make a way. No, God will make a way when there seems no way. First Timothy 6, 17, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty or high-minded. And then number 10, Trusting money instead of God? Absolutely not. Nor to trust. Here it is to every believer. Don't trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Bow your heads with us, please. Father, you're the answer we all need. God, rid our minds of thinking that money is the answer. Rid our hearts, O God, from any root of the love of money. God, God. Forgive us when we've taken our eyes off of you, even for a moment. God, forgive us. And Lord, I pray for anyone in this building that needs you as Lord and Savior. I pray, God, that the Spirit of the Lord would touch them and awaken their need. God, I ask you to give them just a quick vision Of the incredible life they're gonna have once they say yes to you my Lord and my God Lord there is nothing they can conjure up outside the directive of the Spirit of God that would show them all the good plans you have for their life I pray father for any in this building that needs you to turn to you. While every head is bowed, please, and Christians you are whispering a prayer, if you're sitting here tonight, you need Jesus. You're sitting here, and you need forgiveness. You need Christ. People are praying for you right now, and you're sensing, you're sensing the Spirit of God on your life. You can live life your way, but I have to remind you there's only two eternal destinations two there's eternal damnation which God never intended for a man or woman to ever go to and then there's heaven it is far beyond anything our minds could imagine the wonder and the glory and the fulfillment that we could only even just dream about or experienced to some degree here through walking with him. So if that's you, you need forgiveness, lift your hand high. Do it now. Cross this building. Just lift it up. God bless you. Others, quickly. Lift it up. Ma'am, sir, young person, God bless you. Others, others, quickly. You're in this building. You need Christ. You need forgiveness. You need to get right with God. God bless you. Anybody else? Anyone else? Anyone else? You sense his spirit moving on your life. Why don't you say yes? Don't let a person stop you. Don't let any thought or the enemy starts battling, putting things in your mind. You have to give up this and you won't be able to do this. He's a liar. And he wants to take everyone he can to help with him. Say yes to Jesus. Anyone else? Lift your hand high. Do it now. Anyone else? Do it now. Stand with us, please, everyone. Father, touch these, I pray, in Jesus' name. We give you thanks and praise for that. In the name of Jesus. My Lord and my God, in Jesus' name. Pastor John's going to lead us in a chorus. If you raise your hand, let me, let me encourage you. If you raise your hand, don't put it off. I mean, come to this altar, lift your hands, or just stand here. It doesn't matter. Just pray and say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need you, God. If you didn't raise your hand, step out and come. Do it now. Lead us, Pastor John, from across this building. You raised your hand, you didn't. Step out and come right now, Father. It's your breath in Jesus' name. No longer so we pour out our praise pour out our praise God God of mercy in our our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only Jesus Jesus there are others that raise your hand over here let me encourage you to come back here let me encourage you to come (laughs) Step out and come. Let's pray before you leave this building. Jesus, my God and my Lord. Oh, Jesus, my God. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Jesus, Jesus. Anybody else? Step out and come. Anybody else? Make your way to this altar. Let's pray before you leave this building. Jesus us my lord and my god blessed be the name of the lord pastor wayne is here to serve you communion listen for all the new members god bless you they're going to be taking that picture out right outside these doors at the main staircase there so please step out there and then over into the cafeteria and uh, we'll plan to meet you there staff if you'll join us over there as quickly as possible god bless you let's pray Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much, Lord God, for this evening in your presence. And thank you, God. For those that have come to these altars, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that your ministering power would be upon their lives, Lord God, that you would turn things around for their good, Lord, that you would minister to them in the way, God, that that they need for you are the God of the impossible. I thank you, Lord God, that you're saving, delivering, healing, uh, that you're doing, God, miraculous things in these lives. And I pray in Jesus' name that as we all leave this time together, God, that once more we wouldn't leave your presence, but that you be with us, leading us and guiding us and helping us through this week, that we might walk in your favor and your love. We honor you and thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Have a wonderful rest of your week in the Lord. We hope to see you again very soon.